With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com. So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your successful fundraising, and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. This year, he is celebrating 25 years in the nonprofit sector and the 10-year anniversary of his firm, TedHart.com. His books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, here's Ted. And good afternoon. This is Ted Hart. Thank you, Steve Neal, for that wonderful introduction here to the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, today is uh, May 10th. Uh, you're here on the Nonprofit Coach. As always, you can call in here to the Nonprofit Coach to ask a question of our page two expert by dialing 347-324-3080. You can also join us over in the chat room, uh, or you can email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. Our page two expert today is Susan Hyatt. She's the founder and CEO of Business Nonprofit Connections. I'll do a proper introduction when we get to page two. But here on the Nonprofit Coach, we come live from the nation's capital, and we always start off with page one news. First up here on page one news, as always, you can join along with the radio links today by going to tedhart.com and click on radio links. First up here comes to us from the Philanthropy Journal. It turns out the foundation giving last year was flat. Given, giving by U.S. foundations fell by 0.2% to $45.7 billion, rebounding from a record high 2.1 drop between 2008 and 2009. It's expected to grow 2 to 4% this year and make another modest gain uh, in 2012. As we've been saying here on The Nonprofit Coach, the philanthropic market continues to drag. While we are seeing fundraising grow in the corporate sector, and in online, most of our fundraising continues to drag. We are expecting an increase this year when the Giving USA uh, report comes out overall following two years of record decline. Uh, it was a record that we had two years back-to-back -back, uh, decline in giving in the United States prior to this last report. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach is a little bit more bad news. This comes to us from 24-7 Wall Street. This is a basically a notice to the corporate sector, uh, and you'll notice sort of a corporate theme today because of our, our speaker today, Susan Hyatt, being an expert uh, in corporate giving today. Uh, it's sort of a notice to the, the uh, uh, for-profit corporate sector of the death of classical music in America. Uh, sad news for all of us when our culture continues to take a hit uh, here in the United States, but there are many cash-strapped classical music organizations uh, throughout the United States. Uh, take, for example, the Rochester Philharmonic Orchestra, the ensemble founded by Eastman Kodak founder George, George Eastman in 1921, uh, managed to erase a large deficit. It had run up uh, in the 2008 to 2009 season, but continues 
to have uh, a, a very difficult uh, uh, time in raising money uh, and managed in the 2009-2010 season to finish in the black by a full $2,416. So read all about it. It is not easy, as all of our listeners know who are in the arts market, uh, to raise money in the arts, but it is important to the culture of America that we all do what we can to keep our arts organizations strong. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, you'll find over in the radio links at tedhart.com, click on radio links, a wonderful uh, blog posting uh, from Socialize Your Cause. Uh, this is all about social media and blogging and why both are important to your cause. Uh, I really like the way that this has uh, been put together. Uh, in terms of some of the tips, and there are five specific tips that are provided specifically uh, to make social media and blogging work for your organization. Read all about it over at Socialize Your Cause, and you'll find that in the radio links today at tedhartradio.com. Big news today, just announced Microsoft is buying Skype. Uh, we are a huge fan of Skype here, of course, uh, on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, we urge nonprofit organizations, particularly those uh, that do need to uh, make long-distance calls. This is a, a great way uh, to connect for free uh, if both parties have a Skype account and very low charges uh, when uh, you are calling to a landline. This is huge. This is the largest transaction that Microsoft has had uh, in acquiring the Luxembourg-based Skype. Uh, that has 170 million active users. They are paying $8.5 billion. They are doing this in this report that comes to us from Bloomberg uh, online specifically as a strategy to play catch-up with Google and Apple. Uh, that they are continuing to try to move to web-based services. Uh, Skype certainly is one of the big names. Bravo to Microsoft uh, for finding a gem in the purchase for Skype. You can learn all about that at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. Uh, next up here on uh, the radio links uh, is uh, a pleasure that I have once a month, uh, and that is uh, to welcome here to the nonprofit coach uh, our good friend from Wiley. Uh, let me just uh, one second here get uh, Susan McDermott here. Coming to us from John Wiley & Sons is our partnership for the AFP Wiley Radio Show. The AFP Wiley Radio Show is always the third week of each month, which means it is next week. Susan McDermott comes on uh, the, the uh, show uh, the second week of each month to give us the big news on who will be our guest for next week here on the Nonprofit Coach. Susan McDermott, welcome uh, coming to us from John Wiley & Sons. Yes, thank you very much, Ted. I appreciate it. Um, coming to you um, from Hoboken on this beautiful, beautiful day. And, yeah, uh, it is a beautiful day here in Washington, D.C. as well. Susan, you've got big news for us. Who will be the guest on the AFP Wiley radio show edition of the Nonprofit Coach next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern? Uh, your guest next week will be Christopher Cannon, who is a managing associate at Ben's Whaley Flessner, and uh, he has written a book called uh, An Executive's Guide to Fundraising Operations, Principles, Tools, and Trends, and uh, basically he provides the framework, fundamentals, and details executives need to manage operations. Um, he provides step-by-step um, -step guidance covering crucial responsibilities, including program support, technology applications, data maintenance, and more. And uh, I think he, he's a – I just met with him at AFP's conference in uh, in Chicago last month, and he's fantastic. He's got a lot of knowledge, and he's got some plenty of useful tips and tricks that he'll be able to share with your listeners. Well, we're really looking forward to, uh, to having uh, him here on the show. Now, just uh, before I let you go here, I did have the opportunity – uh, and we'll be announcing soon uh, that Andrew Watt, the new president of uh, AFP, will be joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach. Of course, next week represents the next edition of the AFP Wiley Radio Show, uh, which is promoting specifically a partnership that you have over at Wiley with AFP. Take a few seconds here just to share with our listeners what is uh, the AFP Wiley Partnership and what is this book series all about? Well, it's it's been actually in existence for for longer than my tenure at Wiley, which is ten and a half years. Um, it's probably be, been about fifteen 
uh, 15 or 16 years now, and we have uh, over 30 books, uh, and it's uh, the Wiley um, AFP Fund Development Series. And it's um, it was designed to fill, uh, I guess, the, the um, an initial impetus of the series was to find um, gaps in the literature that um, um, books that, that that did not exist that the that um, a group of um, of of AFP representatives from all all sort all different aspects of nonprofit um, came together and talked about different subjects that were not covered and that the membership could clearly benefit from. And so we sit on the committee and we review we review proposals. Um, and several times a year, we uh, we usually publish between three and five new books every year, and uh, we showcase them at the conference and in a variety of other ways. And um, it's been a, an exceptionally great partnership, and um, we really we really like it. Well, I was uh, very pleased to have this raised in my meeting with Andrew Watt as one of the things that he values uh, as he becomes president of AFP. So bravo uh, to the AFP Wiley Development Series. Next week, join us here on the Nonprofit Coach at 12 noon Eastern. That is May 17th, just announced by Susan McDermott. The uh, guest next week will be Christopher Cannon, CFRE. Thank you so much for joining us today here on the Nonprofit Coach, Susan McDermott. Oh, thanks, Ted. It's my pleasure, as always. I'll talk to you next month. Right, and I'll talk to you next month. Take care. Bye. Next, uh, back here on uh, page one for the Nonprofit Coach, you'll find over in the radio links today at tedhart.com, click on radio links, uh, you will find from mashable.com, again, one of our favorite websites uh, for wonderful uh, uh, services such as the posting of how to get your employees on board with your social media policy. Uh, really terrific, well-written uh, advice and tips that will give you uh, very concrete steps that you can take uh, to help your employees understand. Uh, and, I, and I really appreciate one of the, the tips here, uh, and that is tune into WIIFM. Well, what's WIIFM? Sounds like a radio station to me. But what it is is what's in it for me. Uh, and what we need to do is be able to answer that question. This is a group activity. To be social, you need to be social. Uh, and uh, this wonderful posting over at Mashable.com will help you get a jump start on your employees getting on board with social media policy. Again, here from uh, Mashable uh, is another posting that we wanted to share with you uh, today over at tedhart.com. Uh, click on radio links. You will find how to connect your brand to the right online influencers. Now, we've talked a lot about uh, finding your Aunt Mabels, those influencers within your marketplace that it is not all of the people who say that they like you on Facebook, it's not all of the people who follow you on Twitter. It is a small subset of those people who are, in fact, influencers. Those are the people that you want to focus on. Those are the people that can bring social media success to your organization. This will help you target the right influencers. This will give you five steps that you can take in order to engage relevant influencers successfully uh, for your organization. Read all about it from Mashable.com here on the Nonprofit Coach at TedHart.com. Click on radio. As we start wrapping up uh, page one today uh, and start moving towards our page two expert, I want to draw your attention uh, to a posting over on Frog Loop. This, of course, comes to us from the terrific folks over at Care2. Uh, and this is all about social media measuring the right things. What are those analytical uh, ideas or pieces of data that you need to be uh, tracking, uh, such as click-throughs, your power players, you know, who are those uh, people that are following you, followers, likers, unfollowers, who are those people that you can count on? So this is a follow-on uh, to what we uh, also posted from Mashable.com, helping you march in the right direction uh, for what you need to succeed in social media. Now, while we're at it uh, here for social media, this is in addition to uh, our P2P Fundraising.org newsletter, which, of course, is the companion to the Nonprofit Coach radio show. This is where we make the announcement, provide you background information, and also host all the radio links 
for the radio show. Well, we have a new addition over there, and I want to thank you for several of our listeners and our readers for making the suggestion uh, that went something like this. Hey, Ted, you keep talking about social media, when it, but when I go to your newsletter, I can't just click on a link that will allow me to add uh, to post your content over on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or other social media sites. Well, now you can. Uh, built into our newsletter at the top of every single article, you will now find a new toolbar. This new toolbar will allow you to immediately click on one of the relevant buttons here, and you will now forevermore be able to post our content directly to LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Yahoo, Google Buzz, you can also email it to friends. So now you've got lots of social media opportunities to share the great content from the P2P fundraising newsletter and the uh, Nonprofit Coach radio show uh, with those that follow you. So post it to any of those sites. Help us get the word out. One of the biggest uh, opportunities for training is right here on the Nonprofit Coach radio show. So next up here, I'm going to wrap up uh, uh, this segment for Page One News today uh, with a shout-out to a good friend of this show and a good friend of my firm, Heart Philanthropic Services Group, uh, and that is congratulations to Heidi Hillary. Heidi Hillary, I know, is listening today, so waving you uh, on there, Heidi. She is uh, the Executive Director over at McDonald United Methodist Home in Houma, Louisiana. Well, the great folks down in Homa have a great eye for talent, and they have just given Heidi Hillary the Women's Business Alliance Athena Award. Congratulations, well earned. I've gotten to know Heidi, and I'm sure that she is by far the best choice for this award in Louisiana. So congratulations, Heidi. And with that great news, we wrap up Page One News today and move right on to Page Two. Now, don't forget that you can call in today and ask questions of our Page 2 expert by dialing 347-324-3080. You can also join us over in the chat room, and you can ask questions there if you'd like or email them to us over at tedhart at tedhart.com. Our Page 2 expert today is Susan Hyatt. Susan is founder and CEO of Business Nonprofit Connections, a private consulting company that provides companies with ideas and tools for actively managing their social responsibility, community impact, and giving strategies. Leveraging 20-plus years of experience in corporate social responsibility, business philanthropy, organizational development, and nonprofit resource development, Susan helps clients transform their good intentions into real impact for their communities and on their bottom line. She is also author and will be part of the topic of our discussion today, her terrific book, Strategy for Good. Welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach, Susan Hyatt. Thanks, Ted. It's great to be here. Susan, it's wonderful to have you here on the show. We try to cover as many topics as we can, and we find that uh, we just get booked up and booked up and booked up with uh, so many wonderful experts. And your topic is so timely. I, I think you had an opportunity to uh, listen into our Page One news today. Uh, corporate giving is such a big topic and certainly is part of an overall mix to a well-designed, mature fundraising program. Let's start off today by telling us a little bit about uh, your firm, Business Nonprofit Connections. Okay, sure. So Business Nonprofit Connection basically does two main things. One, we work with businesses on how to be more strategic with their giving, um, help them rethink, rethink what they're doing, uh, figure out some of the things that may be unique about what they bring to the table based on who they are as a business, so they can actually think past just dollars in a philanthropy line item to figure out ways they can better support the nonprofits that they really care about. And then on the other side, we also do a lot of work with nonprofits nationally doing um, trainings and consulting on how to design strategic partnerships with businesses, but we also do a lot with 
performance measurement and evaluation and helping nonprofits figure out how to leverage the data they have to really tell their story of the impact they're having in the community. And then a lot of folks are pretty humble, and they don't leverage that very well to um, make the case for other business or other forms of community support. So we do a lot of work in that area also. And, and of course, the reason that we wanted to have you on the show today is because of this expertise, mm-hmm. this really deep-seated knowledge of corporate giving and the mindset of corporate giving to help our nonprofit listeners today understand how they can better hone their message and their approach to corporations so that they can succeed uh, in attracting more dollars. Now, as we heard, foundation and corporate giving uh, continues to be soft. Uh, corporate giving was uh, one of only two areas of giving in last year's Giving USA report that went up. Uh, so that's good news uh, for for organizations. Help us understand the trend that you see right now with your clients and those that you advise. Are we likely to continue to see a growth uh, in corporate giving to charitable organizations? Um, I do think there will be. Um some continued improvement in what it looks like in terms of corporate giving. One of the things that I've been hearing, though, about those statistics is if you dig a little deeper underneath it, there are some of the really big companies that actually made significant increases, and they sort of, on an average, offset some of the smaller companies that did cut back in terms of what they're able to do financially. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have have been experiencing a lot of businesses don't have a lot of cash right now to be able to give in support of causes they really care about in their communities. So one of the big trends I'm seeing, well, there's several, but one is I think businesses of all sizes are really stopping to think about who are we supporting, why are we doing it, and because resources are so tight, I think a lot of folks are becoming more strategic at the same time that they want to do heartfelt work. Like sometimes I think people think that strategy and heartfelt giving are somehow mutually exclusive, and I don't think they are. Um, Susan, is cause-related marketing philanthropy? So I would call it win-win. You know, it's a way to generate resources for a nonprofit. I tend to put it in its own separate category because sometimes I think philanthropy comes across as alms for the poor, where cause marketing is definitely a win-win relationship for both organizations. The business gets something out of it, as does their nonprofit partner. So, you know, I think it a lot of people would say, yes, it is. Other people would say, absolutely, it isn't, because the resources that are generally used for cause marketing come out of a marketing budget you, as opposed to, like, a foundation or philanthropic budget. So, Yeah, and, and I wonder if that, if that sort of skews the marketplace uh, and, and in your mindset in, in terms of your expertise with, uh, with corporations giving – are they able to separate those out as as separate um, support levels for charitable organizations, or because I I happen to agree with you that I think it is a very a different animal. Uh, yeah. I think it's a important way to uh, develop additional resources, but I don't think that it's philanthropy. Um, do corporations uh, are they able to make that distinction? I think especially the bigger companies, absolutely do. Um, because, And I think they view it as one more tool in their box for how to be able to support the community in a way that, that also benefits themselves. Um, yeah, I think people are being more innovative in terms of thinking about how they do support nonprofits. And what I see is that the nonprofit clients that I have that have been able to step out of kind of the traditional ask for a donation mentality and think about some other creative ways to partner with businesses, they seem like they're having more success these days um, in terms of getting resources that they need. But it may not come in the package they thought they were asking for initially. 
It might look now, a little is, different. Is that a euphemism for cause-related marketing, or is that something different? Do you have some creative suggestions on how our listeners today might generate more corporate giving? Well, I think cause marketing is one possibility, but I think there's other ones. Um, for example, I think sometimes nonprofits underestimate the value of taking on um, corporate or business volunteers to support things that they do. Um, I'm always amazed when I give trainings that a lot of the nonprofits that have attended are like, we don't want their stinking volunteers. We just want the check. Um, but these days another trend is that businesses often are one of their main reasons for giving back is because it matters a lot to their employees. And they want to be able to support their employees and the things that they are really committed to in the community. And that kind of helps with their internal reputation, turnover, helps attract um, star recruits, that kind of thing. So, you know, businesses are doing a lot of their giving to help their employees get out. Once employees get out and actually get to participate and see the cool work that a lot of nonprofits are doing, they become huge advocates within their own company about how to shake loose other resources that might be hard for the nonprofit to access on their own. But you get yeah, the isn't that a, a bit short-sighted on yeah. the part of charities to not realize that study after study shows that those who volunteer give at a much higher rate yeah. than those who don't volunteer, and that, in fact, a company that offers volunteers may be offering you insight into giving? Absolutely. Um, but I, for some reason, I think people may know those statistics. I'm not sure they always figure out how to put them into action kind of strategically, to think that there is a pathway in to accessing a longer-term relationship and greater resources than just getting like a $500 one-time check. Like, woohoo! Right. But that's... But what that's, you hear from charities, yeah. and, and I hear from charities as well, just give me the check. I really just want the check. Yep. As opposed to seeing it as, as a pathway to a strategy. Yeah, I I think the nonprofits that are more successful at getting long-term and significant um, corporate support are the ones that have, in some ways, slowed down, thought about, okay, what businesses might really care about what we're doing because it somehow relates to who they are, and then how do you build the relationship? And sometimes you have to start small and have them – it's like dating. You know, they have to get to know you. You need to get to know them. And over time, you know, the relationship deepens. But a lot of folks I'm so glad like, that you brought up this notion of relationship yeah. because it's a big topic that we, we cover here on the Nonprofit Coach on a regular basis that this isn't just about checks. This isn't just about numbers. This is right. really about the investment of time and energy into their community. So talk to me about, uh, at its essence, the difference in the kind of relationship that you would build with those in a corporation and those that might be high net worth individual uh, individual donors? Well, I think a key piece to developing a relationship that's lasting is really thinking about what matters to them and what's their interest in it. Um, you need to be clear on what, like a nonprofit, you need to be clear on what you need and what you're what you want to ask for and what would actually help you but you also have to really think about how is it that you can leverage something that's going to benefit the other side and that really changes the conversation especially in the beginning it's like how do you show up as willing to be a team member and think about there may be things that you have access to that you don't even realize could be a big deal to a business um, that would help them with some of their goals. So, like, ask them, well, what are you, what are you up to these days? How can, how can we make sure that if you help us with X, Y, or Z event or program, how can we, like, help you back so that it really is win-win? That makes a really different 
the discussion is really different when it's coming from that sort of mutual benefit mindset. Are you seeing that, Ted, in your work as well? I am. I'm. I'm. I'm just wondering as 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 you sort of lead down that uh, that path, um, where and how do our listeners protect themselves uh, from conflicts of interest? Well, I think one of the things that's um, really important is first you have to do some research to find out um, who's this company, what's what are you know, are they are they in the newspaper every day for? Um, and maybe I should have asked you, what do you mean by conflict of interest? Well, I, I think you're certainly going in in, in that in the direction that that I, that I meant is okay. as that relationship builds. Oftentimes, it may be that that company wants business with the nonprofit. When that becomes very very cozy, people are serving right. on the board of directors. Right. Right. Um, you don't want to necessarily say we don't want to do business with our friends, but at the same time, how do we make sure that we're protecting the organization from conflicts of interest? Well, I think one thing is to not not sell your soul just to get a little bit of resources, to be very clear kind of what the parameters of the relationship are and to make sure that there's really open communication at all times. And I think a key piece for nonprofits is to make sure they have the the hat on. We we are an asset in this community, and it, we're just not the beneficiary of this relationship. We we are an asset to this company, and we are by supporting us, we are helping them do what they need to do in the community. So then it it takes a little bit of the tone off where we like need to be on our knees begging for anything and be so grateful and do whatever we have to do um, to get it. Like I think nonprofits need to stand firm and if it if doesn't feel right um, and it looks like it's taking you down a path that you are not comfortable going for a short-term gain, you know, it's okay to say no. Yeah. I think and, that's of course, hard. a, a conflict I think that's of interest hard. policy for your board of directors and transparency yes. in their decision-making uh, will help well. Absolutely. Now, Susan, I just wanted to sh- um, ask you to respond. Um, as you've been talking, I've sort of been jotting down notes. Okay. <clears throat> and it seems to me that for our listeners, and tell me what I'm missing here, when you're looking at a corporation to – build that relationship to start approaching them for support. There's sort of four categories, I'm sorry, five categories that need to be on the table. And I wonder if most nonprofits approach corporations in this way with sort of a a five-point strategy. And that is, of course, charitable giving, that charitable gift that, that, you know, charities really desire to have. But also, as you said, volunteers and what that means and how that builds into a strategy that it's not less than, charitable uh, giving that it might actually be part of uh, an overall strategy. Cause-related marketing that we touched on, uh, in-kind gifts that can come, and matching gifts. Are those sort of the five areas of a uh, well-planned strategy, or is there something else that could be added to that that would help our listeners really think through every corporation that they touch are they at least exploring each of these five areas? Sure. I would add um, one more, and it's thinking about um, sort of in the spirit that cause marketing is a commerce-based relationship. There are other ways that, um, especially for some nonprofits, depending on what they do and if they actually generate any products or services as part of, how they're implementing their mission. Um, there could also be some vendor relationships or right. nonprofits might be able to even do fee-for-service to consult on like a, a disability nonprofit might actually be able to have a consulting relationship and get paid for it with a company that's looking to improve their own internal policies or um you know their physical locations to make sure they're you're, more. You're saying that um, commerce relationship could actually be a two-way street. Yes, absolutely, and it could be income generating for the nonprofit as well. 
as well. Oh, yeah. As well. So so there so so there are six categories that every charity should be considering for every corporation, at least putting it on the table, or is that really not the approach that you would recommend? You know, I think it really depends on the size of the business. I think the mom and pop sort of local um companies which in the end are probably where the biggest potential for growth is in terms of getting business support. Everybody goes for the big dogs in town. Um, but sometimes it's the smaller companies that want to do something, they get bombarded, but but I think the dialogue with them is a little different. Um, I think ask that's for smaller companies it's often in kind donations or it could be their volunteers. And it could be cause marketing in the kind of a thing where Tuesday night is the night for the Autism Society at our restaurant. So if you come in, X percentage is going to go back. Those kind of smaller scale cause marketing things, but can actually generate great um, resources for a nonprofit. And they're not, and those can, they're not earmarked. Those kind of things. Those usually can. And, and that sort of that 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 would fall under the category of is that cause related marketing or is or is that sort of a commerce based re- i guess that's more cause related marketing yeah i would say it is that's more cause related marketing yeah so and i mean you can ask for a donation like it, i think you have to be a little strategic and feel people out sort of midstream um can't go in having it only that we're asking about this or that but kind of Start somewhere and then hear what they say. One of my um, favorite examples is a nonprofit that I worked with in Iowa that wanted um, a donation of appliances for their shelter. So they asked Amana, can you donate appliances? We need a new washer and dryer. And they said, no, sorry, we don't, we don't donate appliances. Well, that could have been the end of the conversation. But they chatted some more, and then, long story short, what Amanda agreed to do was have a promotion in stores. If you buy an appliance, X dollars would go to the shelter. So this is another cause marketing example, really. And at the end of this promotional period, the shelter was able to buy not just a washer, a dryer. They got a new microwave. They got a new stove. Like the... So, but they had to kind of work through what was possible because um, what they thought they were asking for, they didn't get it in exactly the way they had initially framed the request. So I think that's so it sounds like Susan creativity is uh, an important skill to have uh, if you want to successfully build your corporate fundraising program. Absolutely, and really listening to what the other side is saying, and if they. If you can see that they have an affinity for your cause and your mission, figure out how you can work with them if you see that there may be some potential there for something longer term. Don't write them off Wow, well, that sounds, like, uh, that, 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 that sounds like relationship building 101, right? Yes, yes. You know, it's Susan, we're going to take a, a, a little uh, sponsor break here. When okay. we come back, I was I wanted to ask you to reflect on on step four in your book, Strategy for Good, which is specifically talking about selecting causes, partners, and projects. And I'm hoping that for our listeners today, you can give them insight into the psychology of corporate decision makers in terms of how do they make those uh, choices and what can our listeners to do today uh, to try to ensure that they're at least on that list. We'll be right back here on the Nonprofit Coach. Don't forget, you can also call in and ask a question of Susan Hyatt today live at 347-324-3080. You also can ask questions over in the chat room or email me at at tedhart.com, and we will be right back. (laughs) 
last week here on the Nonprofit Coach, we welcomed our new sponsor, Geronimo.com. This is a terrific, totally new concept for nonprofits. Geronimo links your organization to the highest quality vacation rentals in the world. It's simple. Your donors book one of the vacation rentals that Geronimo has already provided free of charge. The owner then donates 50% or all of the rent to your organization. It's that easy. If silent auctions have been successful for you or live auctions, uh, you'll love Geronimo. So start turning spare weeks that our donors have uh, in their vacation homes into big donations for your organization. All you have to do is ask your donors to book their vacations at Geronimo.com. Of course, you can learn all about this by going directly to Geronimo.com. All vacation rental owners have posted to Geronimo.com have already agreed to donate at least half of their rental to your organization. What a great concept. Spare weeks, big money for you. So there's no cost in starting the the discussion and starting to use the service at Geronimo.com. So contact them today. At least start a discussion. See if maybe even a private label solution uh, featuring your logo and your look and feel may be exactly what you're looking for as a way to expand your opportunity to raise money for your organization and give a creative creative way for your donors to access some of the prime vacation property here in the United States. Thank you, Geronimo.com, for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. We're going to head back to the show. Susan, we're back here on the show. I did want to get a chance to ask you to reflect on this whole idea of how do corporations make the decision to give? I mean, who to give to or just to give in general? Yeah, well, I, I'm just I'm sort of reflecting on the step four in your book, that uh-huh, Select yeah, Causes, yeah. Partners, and Projects, which I know is meant to be advice to corporations on how they should do that. And I'm wondering, if they take your advice, what should charities know to fit into what you are advising corporate America? Okay. Well, I think there's basically three ways that companies figure out how they're going to do their community involvement. And one is kind of an ad hoc, and it wouldn't be what I would recommend, but it still is how a lot of businesses do it. And that's kind of the first come, first serve. Like, If you're one of the first ones to approach them in a given year and they still have resources, they'll support you. Um, And that's kind of the shotgun approach. I think a lot of companies, um, especially bigger ones, are moving away from that because they want to be able to put different um, layers of resources into one cause or with one organization or a handful to be able to have more impact. So I think there's two ways that um, companies are really thinking about this. One is what are the causes that in some way relate to either something our company does, like the case of CH2M Hill, they're an engineering company, and one of their major nonprofit partners is a water, international water purification group, Water for People. Um, so that's made, that's kind of a strategic link between what the company does and the mission of the nonprofit that they've chosen to be one of their key partners. So I think more companies are thinking about, okay, who does something roughly in an area that we're working in or in an area that impacts our future um, success as a business. Like if if they're worried about getting uh, folks with certain kinds of training, then perhaps they choose to support a nonprofit that maybe is helping people access that. I think the third way that companies are choosing who to support is they think about what their employees really care about. Um, And in those cases, one of the main reasons that the company is involved is because they want to build esprit de corps and loyalty among their employees. And so they really have designed their whole giving program to focus on 
the nonprofits that their folks care about most. And then in those cases, there may not be much of a strategic link with what the company does. It's more about what their employees care about. And that, those are the, and that's, the three ways I'm seeing. Yeah, and how much of, of, a, of a strategy focus should that be uh, for charitable organizations in terms of having the employee be the lead in your strategy as opposed to the direct connection to the charity itself? Um, you know, I think sometimes having a mixed strategy is actually good. Um, I do think I recommend all the time to nonprofits in my trainings that think about what businesses could more naturally um, be interest in the, interested in the content of your work and then think about do you have any existing connections with that business? Does somebody live down the street? Do you Are you on some um, – do some kind of a project with people that are key decision makers so you have a way in? Are people employees? And can you work through them? It's hard to make cold calls to companies. Um, you know, it takes a lot of mental fortitude, and I think sometimes it's less successful. But um, thinking about who you know and trying to get in that way after you've done some research about who the company is, who they've supported in the past, I think that really improves the nonprofit's chance of having a successful outcome from the ask. We have a uh, question from Susan in Chicago, and she's wondering, what do I tell my corporate givers is the benefits of giving? Uh, I'm, I'm gathering from this email question that, you know, we certainly know about charitable deductions for individuals. Are there specific things that we can share with Susan and our listeners today on what are the benefits, what should we be communicating to businesses? Um, I think there's, well, in, the way I look at it, there's four main um, business benefits that go beyond the desire to um, give back and to know that we're making a difference. That's a huge driver for, I would say, all companies is that's in there. On top of that, though, there's four main categories. One is um, really helping businesses strengthen their visibility and reputation within the community. Um, Companies want to be known as being good corporate citizens, and Cone and other research groups have shown that consumers do have a much more positive um, view of companies that they know are supporting causes they care about. I think the percentage is something like 85% of consumers have a more positive picture of a company because they are actively involved in their community. So that's a huge piece, and a lot of businesses are on to that one. Um, and hand-in-hand hand with that is if a business is known in the community to be a good citizen and you're helping give them a pathway to be more visible, then what they hope at the end of the day is that their existing customers remain loyal Consumers do care about these things. Um, I know I'll drive out of my way to buy from a company that I know is a really good corporate citizen. If the price and the product is about the same, it's worth a little bit of extra effort because I feel like my purchase is helping do good kind of second degree in addition to the stuff I do myself. And a lot of people are wired that way. So, yeah. And it's a way to attract new business. And then So if if – if that's one of the, the true benefits, uh -huh. what do our listeners need to think about today in terms of – because it sounds like what you're suggesting is, by extension, you're almost lending your reputation to yes, the company. Uh, and that's yes. a good thing for the company, but where what are some of the things that our listeners need to think about before they jump into those relationships? So a lot of um, businesses – have the assumption, even if they don't tell you directly, that you are going to promote that they are helping you. Um, so a couple things there. One, make sure you say thank you. It's amazing to me how many businesses I talk to that don't even get a thank you note from the support they give to a nonprofit. So please don't make that mistake. 
Um, but a lot of businesses feel like if the nonprofit is the one that tells the story by putting out a press release or posting it somewhere on the website, then it looks less self-serving for them. So that's something that nonprofits need to have a conversation right up front very transparently, what are their expectations around how you're going to promote, especially a larger partnership? And if it's the, the your nonprofit doesn't have people on staff that really have the capacity to do that, it may be that the business can use their internal folks to help prepare that, but then it goes out under your name. Um, I think a lot of charities sort of want uh, you know corporate giving to be one of the easier uh, paths to giving, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. meaning that yeah. building relationships with uh, individuals can take an awful lot of time. Uh, what advice do you have in terms of the time commitment that charities should be making if they want these relationships to succeed? Well, unfortunately, I think it is hugely time-consuming, and you know, I think one of the things that um, nonprofits need to think about is who is taking the lead on this. Um, is it realistic to think that it's always the executive director? And for smaller nonprofits, you may not have a development director. Um, but, you know, I think it's useful to track um, how much time is put in and what's the return on investment of your time. Um, you know, there's been studies done recently that people are really tired of, of galas, and a lot of businesses don't want to buy tables anymore, so it's it's an uphill battle sometimes to get people to buy a table, and then businesses are having trouble even getting employees that want to go to these things. So, um, And then at the end of the day, all the staff time that it took to do that and the cost of the event like in the end, the return on that may not be very high. So that's where I think thinking out of the box, and it may take more upfront um, time, but once a relationship starts to deepen, it's still going to take time because it's like, you know, if you, if you get married and then you don't ever talk to your spouse, you know, things are going to go sour. It's not that different with business nonprofit relationships. You know, you've got to not overwhelm them with communication, but you've got to stay in touch. So I think the the mindset that this is an easy way to get resources because businesses have deep pockets, I think that's outdated. Um, yeah, so I throw that, throw that out the window. Uh, we do have an, another question here. Andre from Jacksonville is asking, where do I start? Who do I ask at a company? So I think there's several ways in on that. So if you know somebody in the company, ask them who you ought to talk to. If you're thinking about um, starting and you want employees to be supporting a project or something that you're involved with, I would think about contacting whoever's in charge of HR. I would also do a little research to see if that company has somewhere on its website and bigger companies do talk about this, they may have an employee volunteer program. So that might be another pl place to start is if there's a specific person in charge of the program. You know, I think one of the things that's really hard for nonprofits is that there's no one place that's uniform across businesses. The who you should contact varies a ton. Sometimes these things are housed in a foundation. So if you're looking for a cash donation or a grant, check out if they have a foundation. It could be under community relations, public relations. Sometimes if it's a smaller business, you want to talk to the owner or the marketing director. For a cause marketing thing, it probably is somebody in advertising, marketing in that zone. So a, a piece of it is you have to be really clear what you're looking for and then figure out who in the department that that business has would be where you'd want to start. And a great tip is if you're not clear, call somebody near the top and you'll get an administrative assistant. 
and chat with them and ask them who, or talk to the PR people. They're really chatty. And tell them what you're trying to do, and they can tell you and who to call. And then the additional benefit there is when you call them, say, hey, Sally Smith and PR gave me your name. So in some ways then it ups it from totally cold call to slightly warm call, which, you know, they might listen for an extra couple of minutes. And, so, and you, you seem to indicate that there's that there's different, particularly with larger larger yeah. companies, but maybe with mid-sized companies as well. There's sort of different pots. How do you make yeah. sense of all of that marketing versus corporate? You know, the central office versus you know advertising. How do how do you maneuver through all that? Well, I would say the number one thing is to get clear on what you're going to ask for first, what the presenting need is, and and then figure out where in the company would be would oversee that. If you want to do cause marketing, don't be calling the the folks in HR. Like that's not the place to start for that. Um, so if it's cause marketing, go for marketing advertising. If it's something with volunteers, be thinking more human relations department. If it's grants, try to. Look on a lot of websites these days have a ton of information, and a lot of local business journals also put out an annual giving guide that features some of the local businesses and tells you what they've been supporting. You have to do a little digging um, and and see like who keeps showing up as the main contacts that are listed. I know that's yeah, not um, it's anything definitive. Really great advice it, to do research on a number of different platforms yeah. and see who those influencers are, who those decision makers are, and it may not necessarily be the president of the of the company. Right, right. You know, I think yeah. there's there's points of entry at many different levels, especially in bigger companies. Like you're probably not going to get through to the head, um, especially even in a mid-sized company, unless you know that person um, or have somebody that's on your board or know, that you know that's a neighbor that has a connection that you can leverage. Um, so you're probably going to be going in through one of these other areas. And, again, a great place to start is if it's a company that's big enough to have, like, a PR department, start there, tell them what you're looking for, and ask them to point you in the right direction. That is great advice. It's hard to believe how the time has flown today. So I want to ask you to sort of wrap all of this up, and I'm going to tee that off by just sharing my own endorsement of your terrific book, Strategy for Good. Just for my listeners to know that I shared this with the readers of your book. Every business leader should read this book before they commit to donating another dime to charity. Susan Hyatt provides the roadmap for business and nonprofit partnerships that will improve business bottom lines while increasing the impact of doing good in our communities. And of course, for our listeners today, it's reading that in the reverse and how do you become the solution to what what, uh, corporations are looking to accomplish in their own communities. Thank you for that, Ted. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm very pleased to uh, have you here on the show, and I want to urge all of our listeners uh, to get a copy of this uh, terrific book, Strategy uh, for Good. Susan Hyatt, thank you so much for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Absolutely. Great, great expertise you, here. Keep up the great insight. work. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Everyone, don't forget, next week we will be right back here. As was just announced, it will be AFP Wiley Radio Week. Uh, Christopher Cannon, CFRE, will be our guest next week at 12 noon Eastern right here on the Nonprofit Coach. And don't forget, we've also started the once-a-month monthly Green Show magazine. Uh, this is for nonprofit organizations who are looking to go green. This is a partnership with the GreenNonprofits.org organization that next show on May 20th. You can find all the details and set up a reminder for yourself to make sure you don't miss any of these shows by going to tedhart.com. Click on radio links. Susan Hyatt, thank you for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach. That is our show today. Everybody have a great week. 
Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.